if there has been anything that we've gotten some flack for, it's the fact that we tell people, hey, man, do something on Halloween. Hmm. Engage during Halloween. Ray, do you think it's a given that people would react that way because of the demonic elements associated with Halloween? Yeah, I can understand. It's, it's an evil night, the night of evil. Um, although I was talking to a girl the other day that she says it's the night of God. That's what I says. Is it Satan or God? This I said, why do people dress up so horribly? She says, because it's a spiritual thing. They're scaring the demons away with their masks and stuff like that. Well, could have fooled me. Uh-huh. But anyway, it's it's an event we should take advantage of. Uh, remember, Acts seventeen. Paul was in Athens, horrified by the idolatry. When he stood up, he quoted Greek poets, and he did that as a bridge to reach his hearers. And that's all we're using Halloween for, a bridge to reach people with the gospel. Paul said, by all means, reach some. Oxymoron. <laughs> What'd you call me? <laughs> it's a moron. A figure of speech in which apparently contradictory terms appear in conjunction. Deafening silence, pretty ugly, open secret, silent scream. My favorite. Ray, what are you doing? <laughs> Ray, why do you do things? Why did you wait why until we I hit do- record? <laughs> why do you do Just slowly pour things. your waddle. It's water. like silent water. Can Oxymoron. you put the bottle away? We don't like the bottle. Of you don't That's like the, the whole bottle. Point. I don't care. It's called product placement up. for Fiji. Oh. All right. Fiji. I'll get rid of it. Mark with the cup in his cup. Oxymorons, guys. My favorite jumbo shrimp. That's funny. Wait, hold on. Uh, I don't think deafening silence is an oxymoron. Gotta it's be. the same thing. Deaf silence. Deafening silence. Oh, no, deafening means is loud. It's, no, it's, deafening means loud. Yeah, yeah Oscar. Deafening yeah. means it. It made you deaf. Yeah, because yeah, it was so, so loud. loud. So how can you, you assume that it's <laughs> yes. loud? Here's an oxymoron. Intelligent <laughs> atheist. <laughs> the fool has said in his heart. Uh, plastic silverware. <laughs> That's funny, but I never think about it, right? Every time I say it, I'm not thinking. Did you make these up or did you look them up? No, I looked them up. Uh, act natural. That's a good one. Oh, that is too. Ah, act natural. Random order. Civil War. Yeah, never think about that. Mm. Well, you never think about it. (laughs) (laughs) You guys had this We've been thinking about it all the time. Uh, Awfully good Mm -hmm. original copy. Are these the things that keep you up at night? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Constantly. Unbiased opinion. (laughs) How long does... I mean, seriously, we say this stuff, we don't think about it. Unbiased opinion. There's no such thing. How long is your list? Very. (laughs) Uh, Let me see. Oh. Oh, this one's good. Barely dressed. <laughs> Barely get it bare. Yeah, yeah. We got <laughs> Barely it. Yeah. dressed. That's yeah, good. those are nice. But here's a couple of really funny ones. Mark, can you fake a bit of laughter? <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, listen. These are these three are funny. No, you've built them up too high. Yeah, these are dumb. Yeah. Really dumb. Government organization. <laughs> <laughs> Airline food <laughs> and temporary tax. You see Oscar and Mark's facial expressions. Temporary what? Tax hikes. <laughs> They're never temporary. Well, you guys need help. Um, yeah. I'm supporting you easy. We're going to cut this whole thing out, right? No, no. This is the best. Okay, but these you guys will enjoy. These are, um, these are oxymoronic statements. 
It usually takes more than three weeks to prepare a good impromptu speech. <laughs> Mark Twain. Mark Twain. Stop looking I know, at my I knew screen. That one. Oh, I knew that one. That one? Yeah. Yeah, it was very clever. Very good. Um, let's see here. This is a good one. Um, Any oxymorons in scripture? We're still waiting for the good one. Are there? I don't know. A lot of people never use their initiative because no one told them to. <laughs> Banksy. You guys know Banksy? Yeah, the artist, street art. So, okay, what's up with that dude? Because Why are you saying it's a guy? <laughs> Why are you judging his gender? No, you guys remember, didn't he do something where there was a, an auction at some yeah. big art show and someone paid yeah. like, I don't know, a million something, but it was a crazy Brilliant. amount. And then as soon as it was purchased, it, it got shredded. It, yeah, and then, and then the shredded paper... <laughs> Is worth more than with the original thing. <laughs> Brilliant. But this guy's like, no one knows who he is, right? He's like this anonymous. He was an artist. artist. They know who he is now. Oh, they do? Yeah. It's Will Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Um, yeah, we must believe in free will. We have no choice. <laughs> Isaac Behavis Simger. Uh, this is the best one here. Gerald, this is by Gerald Ford. Hopefully, because it can't get worse. No, no, no. If Lincoln were alive today, He'd be turning over in his grave. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, these were so nice and cute. Oh, George, oh, sorry, one more. George Carlin. Drive on the parkway, park in the driveway. <laughs> he was a baddie, wasn't he, right? He was very foul-mouthed, but my heart went out to him because he's really searching for truth. He passed away recently, didn't he? It was about 10 years ago. Oh. No, it's recently. You, to you spoke in the present, right? That's recently mm. to Easy's dad. Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Guys, my dad keeps going. Yeah. 112? Well, January, we'll celebrate one thirty. You could sell a book called My Dad's Diet. <laughs> you know what? Actually, someone talked to me about that. They're like, we should create a website where we put your dad's secrets, you know? And, and, uh, oh, he buys my subscription books. Subscription base. He buys, <laughs> buys my books. Every buys single one of them. Books. <laughs> yeah. Um, but guys, what's up with that? Uh, oxymorons. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. Moving on. What's a, what's a moron? <laughs> we want to move on. Why do we see? use that word moron? More on that. <laughs> All right, friends. Here's a comment. To Mark, Easy, Ray, Oscar, and the entire Living Waters team, I was moved deeply by the movie today, and I feel it is your best yet. I'm praying for God to use us in incredible ways. I thank God for all you've done in my life as I've closely followed your ministry for almost two decades and have been richly blessed by it. Thank you for fighting the good fight and equipping and encouraging us to do the same. I love you all, even though we've never met. This is from Nathan Flaherty. And what movie could Nathan be talking about? Yes, what is it? Friends, it has finally been released. So how can people help? Go to livingwaters.com. You'll see it there where all of our videos are posted and share it. Or you can go to the YouTube channel. Well, watch it. Correctly. (laughs) (laughs) Watch and share. Yeah, it's been so encouraging. You know, on the night that it premiered, and this leads into something else I'm going to share. On the night that it premiered, um, we had uh, 200 churches uh, that shared it all around the country. And we've been so encouraged by by the response. I mean, this, this response is really typical. A lot of people saying it's the most powerful movie we've produced uh, and God is, he's using it in big ways. So here's the amazing thing. Once, once it premiered, all these churches started showing it, it started going up. Um, I went to our, uh, to our podcast uh, statistic page and I could not believe what happened as a result because the podcast was mentioned 
uh, as I come up at the end of the movie. And then, you know, it came up before the churches, it showed it on screen. But on the Apple Podcast platform, we reached number five for the Christianity category in America. So the number Crazy. five top podcast for the Christianity category in the entire country on Apple. For the religion and spirituality category in America, we hit number five. So number six uh, for uh, religion and spirituality, number five for Christianity. But here's the thing that blew my mind. Out of the two million different podcasts on the Apple podcast platform, all of them, every category out of two million podcasts, the Living Waters podcast hit number 240. It's amazing. And that's I'm, an oxymoron. I'm, yeah, that's an oxymoron. <laughs> There's four of them, actually. For guys, that have, for guys that have no idea what they're doing, four morons. Um, but yeah, number 240 wow. out of 2 million. And, you know, Apple is the top platform for podcasts. And so um, God's grace and goodness. Now, of course, it ebbs and flows. This was a big pop it gave us. But still, we're still ranking uh, in terms of one of the top. We were, well, we were until today's podcast. Yeah, <laughs> until that opener. It's over. Well, and thank you to our listeners. I mean, there are so many of you guys who faithfully listen. We get emails, we get comments where we hear from you guys subscribing. And, you know, there are people who are listening from episode one all the way forward. There are people listening from the beginning or the back, the top end all the way back. And it's such a blessing. It's a blessing when we run in and meet meet you guys. It feels like we share uh, each other's inside jokes, each yeah. other's stories. And so it's uh, it's such an encouragement. Um, we feel so blessed by your listenership and and we uh, just are here to say thank you so much for your commitment to mm. tuning in to four orthodoxes. No, four <laughs> paradoxes. No, four- Oxymorons. Oxymorons. <laughs> I lost my word. Brilliant Oscar. Big oxymoron. <laughs> all right, friends. Yeah, thank you for all of that. We're so blessed and grateful. All right, friends, in keeping with today's uh, topic, this podcast is brought to you by <laughs> the Halloween Outreach Box. Now, before I even talk Peck. about its contents, huh? Pack, not box. No, it's box. <laughs> it's box. It is box. It was a pack. Wait a minute. Hold on. This is, this is the funny thing. The box was your idea. Yeah, but it's it's you, called you, a pack. No, it's called a box. It was a pack. It was a pack or a box? <laughs> It's cool. the box. Did we turn it into a box? That's what's funny. Ray came up with the box idea. And uh, and I was just about to say how brilliant it was, but now I, <laughs> I, I'm taking that back. Yeah. So we called it a box. Mark, look it up and prove to Ray that it's called yeah, a box. Yeah, I'll apologize. And then he came up with the box and it's got brilliant graphics. Yes, friends, Halloween is here. We'll talk about it more. But uh, as we've mentioned many a time, Halloween is, what do we call it, Ray? National... We love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters Podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from Living Waters, $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and the podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. Evangelism Day. <laughs> I was thinking the National Atheist Day was uh, is uh, April Fool's Day. 
Yeah, National Evangelism Day. So friends, get the Halloween outreach box now. Uh, this podcast will uh, come out just before Halloween to give you a reminder to get them quick. They've got 400 tracts in them, the Albert Brainstein tract, the Kids Million Dollar Bill tract, the Halloween Million Dollar Bill, and the Curved Illusion for kids. So make sure to get it. Are you guys still looking it up? Seriously? This is box. Oh. <laughs> My humble apologies. The box that I came up with. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, friends, and don't forget the Living Waters mug. Hey, people are sending in their Is it called a mug? <laughs> a plastic cup. And don't and, forget, uh, take a picture of you doing something silly, fun, or unusual with your mug. Post it online, Instagram, social media, Facebook, social media, any other tw- uh, Twitter? Those Is are it called Twitter media. still called Twitter? Space, yeah, MySpace. 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 Social media. Uh, uh, and use the hashtag Living Waters Mug. And uh, we will give you something fun and free. Yes, we will. Oscar's paying for it. Okay, friends, at livingwaters.com. All right, guys, today's episode, Halloween, Halloween, how to redeem cultural events. Yeah, uh, if there has been anything, I think that we've gotten some flack for I'd say it's the fact that uh, we we're alive. People, <laughs> <laughs> that's the biggest thing for sure. But the fact that we tell people, hey, man, uh, do something on Halloween. Hmm. Engage during Halloween. And Ray, do you think it's a, a given that people would react that way because of the demonic elements associated with Halloween? Yeah, I can understand. It's, it's an evil night, the night of evil. Um, although I was talking to a girl the other day that she says it's the night of God. That's what I says. Is it Satan or God? This I said, why do people dress up so horribly? She says, because it's a spiritual thing. They're scaring the demons away with their masks and stuff like that. Well, could have fooled me. Uh-huh. But anyway, it's it's an event we should take advantage of. Uh, remember, Acts seventeen. Paul was in Athens, horrified by the idolatry when he stood up. He quoted Greek poets, and he did that as a bridge to reach his hearers. And that's all we're using Halloween for, a bridge to reach people with the gospel. Paul said, by all means, uh, reach some. And those Greek poets that Paul quoted were fornicators and idolaters, no doubt. And uh, he wasn't giving their ministries or their poetry credibility. As I said, he was using it as an, a means to reach the lost, to reach his hearers. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that's blown us away, and we've talked about this on many occasions, is the fact that you've got people coming to your door. Like, I mean, it depends on the neighborhood you live in, but in some cases, hundreds of people, uh, you know, will, will come to some people's doors. There are some people that, you know, make a big deal out of it and, you know, make it to where kids want to come to their door. Uh, I remember years ago, was it uh, Daniel? They, they would do something in his front yard and uh, some of our friends, I think Anna Jackson and mm-hmm. others. We used would, to preach open air. Yeah, I do open In the air driveway and, to groups of people that hung around. It was wonderful. Yeah. And so... Let me give my testimony, my Halloween testimony. My testimony. When we came across to the US in 1989, we were absolutely horrified that Halloween had such a foothold on the United States. Didn't in, in New Zealand. Really? No in such, Alberta, New Zealand? No, no trick or treat or anything like that. So we came across here, got a the local Walmart or whatever, and there's this horrific masks and blood and guts and axes and all that sort of stuff. And we you couldn't were in the grocery it. section? 
No, you was the grocery <laughs> section. Hanks is a knife. And anyway, we, we would hide as a family. We'd turn the lights off on Halloween and just hear people going past and some would knock at the door. And one day I had a revelation. There's people knocking on my door. I could open it and give them tracks. So we did. And if I remember rightly, we gave away a hundred tracks that night. A huh. hundred. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 It's wonderful. Yeah. So, uh, I think it's it's important that we we discuss this today. I mentioned the the Halloween, uh, you know, outreach box that that we want people to get a hold of. Box. This is bo- box, right? And um, formally pack, yeah. And uh, and this is the time. This is the time to do it and to gear our hearts and minds. My hope is that honestly, this serves as a catalyst to make us realize that there are so many things that we can be doing. And you know, today we could talk about Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving. Holidays are such great opportunities. National Donut Day. <laughs> National Donut. But there's something special about Halloween. Let me share with it with you what it is. By the way, me. National Donut Day is one of the most holy. I was going to say that's a, that's a holy joke coming up. It wouldn't be surprised. Would, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if there is such a day. There is a day. Wait, it just is? passed like a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. There's what? National Donut Day. What? White Watchers. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Seriously, no, it's like believe, I believe National it. Rotten Potato Day. Like, there's a day oh, for you August twenty seventh. <laughs> August twenty seventh. That one also just passed. Ah, there's a day for everything. Go ahead, right? What you can do is what we did: just sit inside and wait for people to come to your door. Or you could put your porch light on, which helps so people know that you're friendly. You could put balloons, helium balloons, outside to let them know that you are more than willing. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're more than willing to give them gifts, or you could put a sign up that says welcome. So you don't just get 100, you get 200 coming to your door. Or you could put a table on your front door packed with treats so Mm. that people going past will come. But let me put this whole thing on steroids, if I may. Every church wants to reach the neighborhood with the gospel. Every church wants to grow. And there's a problem with the local church, and I'm sure you found it as pastors, is that if you want to reach a neighborhood, you've got to fight prejudice. People have got in their minds that you're after their money. And when you go knock on their door and go and sit down with them for the first time, it's incredibly awkward. Keep that in mind. Halloween has become a night where parents accompany their kids on the streets. It's no. because it's become so dark, any responsible parent would never let their kids go alone trick-or-treat and may never see them again with today's society. So this is a night where parents, families, and children... For Walk the streets. Many churches set up something in their church as an alternative to Halloween. But I want to take it a little further. Bring a table to the sidewalk, laden it with gifts. Not just candy, but gifts. So when those families come past and get the gifts that they're expecting on that night, it's going to break down barriers incredibly because it's not at all awkward. You're meeting the whole neighborhood Mm. And you're giving them gifts. For so is the will of God that by your well-doing you put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. You can get rid of their prejudice, their biases toward the local church as a money-making institution on one night in a few minutes by just laying your neighborhood people with gifts wow. as families. And I think it's a huge opportunity. That's a great idea, neighborhood. Right? Yeah, th- there are so many opportunities like that. And well, the key I, is to come down to the sidewalk so they don't have to come onto your property. They're not going to feel at all threatened. Yeah, that's, that's uh, similar to something we do. But before I go there, I think, I think we need to take a step back and maybe discuss just create a working definition of uh, a, a theological approach to culture. 
Because that's ultimately what we're talking about here. What does the scripture say about the relationship between the Christian and the culture or better yet, Christ and culture? And I've read a handful of books on this. I think one of the better ones, D.A. Carson, Christ and Culture Revisited, the original Christ and Culture. He critiques it. I think he does a really good job of critiquing it. Great book. Uh, um, great cover. Great cover. <laughs> Uh, so in, in Christ and culture revisited the, to summarize Mm. what DA says is he says, ultimately we have three approaches. The first is an antinomian approach to culture, which is that the culture is going to colonize us and we look, uh, no different from the world. We lose a sense of who we are as Christians. You cannot distinguish the difference between somebody in exile as a follower of Jesus Christ and somebody of the world. We, we just look like the world. He says we become colonized by the world. But he also says that we have a bit of a legalistic approach to culture in which uh, we are overly negative and we wanna reject all of culture. We wanna say, we wanna build high walls and uh, protect ourselves and protect our families and let culture go to waste. And as a matter of fact, we even take on a Gnostic theology on culture when we do this. Mm. A Gnostic theology of culture says, the world's gonna burn up anyway, let's just let it happen and protect ourselves. That's Gnosticism. Or is that, I is say that, that like a monastery, monk theology? Uh, Gnostic, well, Gnosticism is not monk theology, but, uh, but yes, oh, okay, so, so yes, yeah, some monastic traditions is escapism. I think that's what you're getting at. Yeah, like let's build our high walls and remove ourselves from the city, remove ourselves from community and just let them do their thing. Did monks believe in evolution? That's a great question. Monk-illusion. <laughs> um, Monk-illusion. <laughs> so neither of these... D.A. Carson would say is what the scriptures call us to. Instead, what the scripture calls us to is cultural renewal. In cultural renewal, renewal, what we recognize is that Jesus is at work in all of culture. What we recognize is that God's glory is put on display throughout all the world. And when we do that, we can move into the world and find ways to redeem aspects of cultures and find ways to reject aspect of culture. You're talking about salt and light? Absolutely, yeah. So what are ways, like what are examples of things that are utterly reject, rejectable? Easy one, strip clubs. Turnips. Turnips. <laughs> Cilantro. 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 Yeah. Cilantro. <laughs> Cilantro. <laughs> These things are rejectable. There's nothing we can do. They're laden in sin. What are aspects that we can renew about culture? What we're advocating for is things like Halloween. We're, we're, we're putting out examples where we don't, we don't adopt it entirely. We don't look like the world, but we find ways to renew aspects of the world. I think the key thing here is think about the garden, right? Adam and Eve's job was to cultivate the garden. And when we look at the world around us as a garden that God has called us to cultivate, then we'll find that we don't reject it. We, we find that we don't become like the dirt, but instead we get our hands dirty to cultivate the garden for the glory of God. And mm. so to go back to what you were saying, our, our neighborhood has, without exaggeration, thousands of kids. You cannot drive on our streets. We are like the neighborhood that everybody goes to 
to bring their kids because all of the houses are giving away candy. So what we did on year one is we started a potluck. And every year since then, we invite everyone to bring food and our, our like right by our house is like the go-to spot to meet up with friends and then to disperse to go get your candy and then come back and then disperse. And so what we do is we hand out tracks and we invite people to bring food and we stand out there and we have conversations. We invite people from our church. And so from our perspective, what we're trying to do is renew. We're trying to be faithful gardeners. We're trying to renew this aspect of culture and and meet people where they're at with the gospel, which is exactly what you're calling us to do, Ray. I like that imagery, Oscar, of, you know, if you're gonna work in the garden, you're gonna get your hands dirty. Mm. But obviously it it's the the principle, and Mark, I'd love you to speak to this, of you know, uh, being in the world, but not being of the world. We're in the world to reach the world, but we're not conforming to the world in terms of, uh, walking in its ways, but we're, we're finding an occasion and saying, hey, let's enter into this culture and let's use it as an opportunity to reach people. That is exactly right. Um, every, everything that happens to us throughout the day, we have to remember it is a spiritual opportunity, is a, uh, a blessing from God to step out of our comfort zone and to uh, have an impact for eternity, right? If, if you don't want to Call it Halloween. We'll call it Happy Reformation Day, right? Exactly. Because, you know, with uh, Martin Luther nailing his 95 Thesis to the Wittenberg door, it, it's a great time, right? This is not Satan's day, no. right? Um, these are days that the Lord has created for us to walk in the works which God has prepared beforehand. Nothing is on hold and nothing takes a back seat. This is an absolute, as Ray says, the best opportunity to reach your community for the gospel. You know, we, we're told to go into the highways and the byways and the getaways and try to compel people to come. But here's that one day of the year where people are coming to our door. And what do we do? We turn off the lights. We, yeah, we reject them. We don't have anything to do with them. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. That, that's a... Let me, let me, okay, right. No, Mark, you set that okay, up for me. On. Mark set it up so I wouldn't okay, go through. But Ray, help me understand this it. dilemma. What's wrong with you? We've been doing this <laughs> podcast for two years. Why does your does your iPad keep falling. I thought the you reason for thing. it is I didn't charge up my unfoldable iPad. Oh, it was on seven percent when I was going to come down here. I thought that's not going to work. So to bring this. Here's the best part about that. Right before we hit record, I said, gonna "Let's fall. get our iPad set up so that they fall right in the middle of the yeah, recording." Yeah. So I said to Mark, "Set my iPad up," which he did, so did. it wouldn't fall, and it fell. Well, so because you keep touching ways. it. Well, you got to touch an iPad. You can't sort of just <laughs> move. Don't touch it. <laughs> yeah. I will say this too, just as a. Uh, uh, I think, you know, looking back at my life, what's funny is that Halloween was actually one of my favorite holidays before I was a Christian. Mm. Uh, since I was a kid, I think I've shared before, we used to, like my neighborhood friends and I would set up um, haunted houses and we would, you know, our, we just loved scaring people and we'd, we'd, you know, hang out afterwards. And specifically, I remember this one time we scared this lady so poorly that she like ran down the street, leaving her like four-year-old kid with us. Yeah. We had to walk the kid. She I'm like child. dressed as a zombie walking this kid down the street back to their parents because the parent did not want to come pick up the kid. Man, the poor lady. Uh, she should teach parenting classes. Wow. Um, but even moving forward, like here's, I mean, like again, you know, going back to the garden thing. Yeah, we get our hands dirty, but gardeners don't roll around in the mud. They don't. Right. But full confession, I used to mull around the mud. Like, you know, in my, in my 20s, uh, Halloween was an excuse for 
Wear for makeup. our women that's friends like- to <laughs> put on lingerie and we'd, we'd have parties, you know, like that's ways that we become like the world. Yeah. But I'm thankful what the Lord has done in my life because now here I am using Halloween as a way to proclaim his glory, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and look, when we look back on the history of Halloween, um, it's believed to have really originated back with the, the Celtics and the Druids and and oh, it, didn't oh, we interview? We went and interviewed Druids once up in the oh, yeah, Hollywood up in Hills. A forest, right? That was, his name was Drew. <laughs> and I, I, had, I wasn't there for that, but where, did you have your spyglass? I had my spyglasses on, and, <laughs> and Kirk and the guys couldn't believe how unnatural I was turning. Oh, my head. Ray, seriously. Well, I was trying to keep the camera smooth when I turned it, but yeah. it, was, it was ridiculous. Yeah, that's not your forte, Ray. Yeah, <laughs> don't wear spyglasses, no. please. Yeah, Can you imagine Ray as a spy. He would be uh, caught like that. Oh, uh, yeah. That's true. Right out the front door. <laughs> well, he's he, he like, yeah, he'll like stick his face in people's face and like move slowly up yeah. and down, his nostrils flaring. <laughs> They'd probably he's cover a, that, the that's, lenses. That's a little personal. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that don't understand or have never heard this, whenever Ray is up to something sneaky, his nostrils flare. I could see him being like a narcotics cop and he shows up to like the drug bus. He's like, hello, I will take two drugs, please. (laughs) (laughs) They flare. Remember, you guys remember Jurassic Park? There was that one dinosaur where it's the the neck things pop out. (laughs) That's Ray's nostrils. Ray's nostrils. Leave my nostrils out. (laughs) (laughs) The nose, nose comfort, the nose, nose. No, but yeah, so back to to, to those roots, you know, and, uh, you know, it was connected with what they called Samhain Day and, and you know they would do all kinds of things. They they do sacrifices. They believed that this is when the veil between the spiritual world and our world would be broken. And so you know they they believed that uh, the dead could walk around and just crazy things. And then of course the Catholic Church sees it as um, All Hallows Eve or All Saints Day, and uh, they'll they'll celebrate martyrs and different things. And then in our culture, it's become just this thing where people have no connection with it in that regard. It's just like, hey, let's dress up and go get candy, you know? But there are also those pagan elements where there are satanic, demonic sacrifices that take place and all sorts of evil and wicked uh, rituals and stuff like that. And so, yeah, it's important for the Christian to be mindful of all that, but then to pause and ask the question, Lord, can this be redeemed for the sake of reaching souls? Yeah. It's also really important. I love that, Easy. I also think it's really important to, to remember that sin is not out there, but in our hearts primarily. And no. D.A. Carson in that same book that I mentioned earlier says this, he talks about the rejecting culture position. He says, many times the reject position assumes the evil of the extrinsic extrinsic world will taint the faith of a Christian. But Jesus says the exact opposite. The fruit of our lives, whether in holiness or sin, is always inextricably tied to the root of our hearts. If our hearts are prone towards sin in certain ways, we will find a way to sin. Sin indeed corrupts, but the sin is not so much out there in the world as is as it is in the heart of every person. The reject position falsely assumes sin is mostly what we do rather than who we are. Mm. I love that. Like, I think the point is, is like, you know, when you walk out your front door on Halloween and you see some kid walking around with a ghoul's mask on, the devil's not tempting you. No. The devil's tempting you when no one's looking and you pull up your phone and look at stuff you shouldn't be looking at. Mm. That's when the devil's tempting you. 
Yeah. And so we, we need to recognize like, like that the sin primarily is in our hearts before it's in the world. Yeah, I mean, uh, Satan doesn't look like a red figure with a pitchfork and yeah. big old ears. He doesn't? Hey, oh, um, he has big ears. while we're talking about that subject, one of the greatest tricks to give out is the giant money on Halloween. Oh, yeah. Because kids run around with a huge $100 bill and everyone sees it when they're walking around the streets and they come running to your door and say, I want one of those. Why I think, guys, I think it's time we tell Ray. Huh? Ray, that it's not giant money. That's, that's regular normal. size money. <laughs> 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 that's uh, a can ham. Yeah. <laughs> it's normal, Ray. It's, it's the normal bill. Yeah, it's, I remember that, coming back. It's a short joke. Uh, we came back from a harvest festival at our uh, at a church, and yeah. our kids' bags were filled with uh, candy. And we got a knock at the door, and there were a handful of kids. You know, they're saying trick or treat. And I look in the back, and there was this uh, little boy with a king size pillowcase, kind of the size of the boy. And I told all the kids that were there, and I say to the side, to the side, let the little one forward, let the little one come to the front. And the little kid came to the front, and I went to my kids. Um, bags that they had all the candy from the harvest festival and i dumped every one of the bags which was just loaded with candy into this little boy's pillowcase and it filled <laughs> up the entire king size pillowcase and all the rest of the kids got so excited on how much candy that we handed out and then i looked at them and i said sorry i'm all out <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> you took about? that from yes. our video that's exactly right <laughs> Okay, I have to say, man, producing that video was one of the funnest things I've it ever done. It was frightening. I looked it up this morning, in fact. It's got like 130, 40,000 views. So what's, what's it called, Easy, so people can look at yeah, it? Yeah, actually, what we should do is we, we should link it in the show notes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, remember that. I'll make a uh, note. Yeah, note that, Scotty, too, if you're listening, so we remember to do that. Um, yeah, it was called, I think, Halloween Fail video or something, Halloween Fails or something. Um yeah, and if you go to our YouTube channel, type in Halloween Living Waters, it should come up. But oh, that was so much fun. Remember, guys? I, Ray Mark, you guys were dwarfs. Um, and you were on your knees with the well, shoe. Well, Mark was on his knees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ray was just his normal self. But it, I mean, people trip out. How it really looked like you guys were little people. We, what, what did we do? I think we uh, taped the shoes to your knees. Mm -hmm. You guys were on your knees. And Mark was Waldo. <laughs> And I opened the door. I go, there you are. I've been looking for you everywhere. <laughs> and then Ray, you had the big fro wig on oh, yeah. and a little, uh, you did like a little earring thing in your nose and right. stuff. And, uh, oh, that was so much fun. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm all out. <laughs> yeah. we, we go door to door and we'll hand out um, DVDs and things of that nature. And it, it's so great. So instead of getting from the house, we like to give back. To the house. I uh, I, I will I will confess I do dress up on our Halloween. We've seen. <laughs> you always dress up, but I uh, I always dress up as something satirical uh, or something that pops like makes fun of pop culture. So like last year, I dressed up as um, Elvis. Uh, no, I, I dressed up as a Suburban Dad. So I had like I took a shirt and I I drew a little Under Armour logo on it, and on the back I put sports team. And then I grabbed a mug and I wrote on it, uh, Yeti mug. And I was walking around talking to all the dads about Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> that was my costume. <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. Uh -huh. Oh, and I had a Tesla hat on. Of course. That was my, that was my costume. That's what suburban dads do? That, in my, where I live. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we roll. Yeah, so, so let, let's get into a little bit of scripture here. Ray, you referenced it earlier, but let me, let me read the passage. This is 1 Corinthians 9, 19 to 23. Mm. 
For though I am free from all men, I've made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. And to the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might win the Jews. To those who are under the law as under the law that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law as without law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law. To the weak, I became as weak that I might win the weak. I've become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake that I may be partaker of it with you. Now, uh, let, let me just say that um, there are some people who may use the gospel as an opportunity to revel in what they really love. <laughs> like the aim is not really to reach the lost. It's like, hey, oh, well, if I do it and say it's this and I get to do these things and they drift into some of the things we talked about, which right. are conforming to the world, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, but, and Paul's thrust here, of course, again, just to, to be faithful to the text is not that now this means if the society in the midst of which I live is doing these demonic things, well, I'm gonna become all things to all men and do demonic things, of course not. But, but the point that's being made is this passion to reach the lost and a willingness to take certain steps to break into their world in a way where uh, you can get the gospel message through, through to them um, without that resistance. And, and man, I, I, I think it's important for us to step back and ask ourselves, do we burn with that kind of passion? Right. I mean, Ray Paul's saying, man, I, I, I do this for the sake of the gospel. He was out there Halloween giving out tracks. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, like you, you, brought it, you brought up Acts 17, you know, Paul didn't go look at the Areopagus and go, ooh, they've got a bunch of false gods. I'm not going in there. Right. He didn't look at Mars Hill and think, ooh, they all think that that rock was sent here by some other false god. I'm not gonna go stand on that rock. No, he went into the Areopagus. He went and stood on Mars Hill and he preached the gospel. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And and on that note, let me let me read us that text as well. Acts 17, 26 to 29. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings, so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said. And then he quotes, for we are also his offspring. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devising. Mark, I love this. I mean, Paul mm. Paul here is conducting himself in a way that I think is contrary to the stereotype that people might have of an apostle. I mean, right? He's an apostle of Christ. I mean, you wicked heathens, you look at, you know, but Paul was so, he was surgically, surgically tactful. Mm, good word. In the way that he approached this crowd. Yeah, you know, and he didn't have an example to follow. <clears throat> you know, he, it's, it's not like he walked with Christ. No. You know, and, and was able to see his mannerisms and his behavior amongst wow, the people. That's a good point. Uh, it, it's not like he was uh, discipled by somebody who was smarter uh, than himself. Uh, he was a man that was on fire and he was focused. And because of that, he was filled with the spirit, he was filled with joy and he was filled with purpose. Mm. And, and that was to uh, reach the world. Now, remember, he ultimately wanted to go to the Jews, but the Jews rejected him. Wow. So then he became an apostle to the Gentiles. And of all people to go to the Gentiles, it would not be him. Yeah. <laughs> but God has chosen 
uh, the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And that's really what the Apostle Paul was uh, in, the, in, in God's hand at that time. Um, let, me, let me take a little sidestep here really, really quick. And that is, you know, I, I try to re- redeem the holiday, mm. you know, if you would. So I try to make it a tradition. And I started last year and it didn't go too well, but I wanted to donate blood, you know, in the morning of uh, Halloween. You're kidding. And uh, <laughs> that sounds strange. But you were they, handing blood out to kids. <laughs> no, it gets even. It's worse than that, actually. I, I, I go to donate blood, and maybe because it's Halloween, but they ask the most intimate, personal questions imaginable on that day. I don't know why. It's yeah. like uh, that. Your what? No. <laughs> Where did this blood come from? Whose blood is that? And why are you bringing it to us in a bucket? Really? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> so stupid, man. I don't like it. That is so nuts. That's, a, that's an Oscar joke. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. I wrote an, it for him. An Oscar moron. Um, <laughs> yes. Oscar moron. <laughs> that works. An Oscar moron. Great. Um, uh, keep that. Yeah. You know, well, good. well I, I was just. just no, I, I guess I'm just so moved by Paul. Yeah. You know, he, he was just, he was this guy who was persecuting Christians. We talked about it recently, you know, was consenting to their murder, had a hand in it. He was this uh, Pharisee of Pharisees. Uh, he was of the tribe of Benjamin, uh, Hebrew of the Hebrews rather, you know, and then God just transforms him. And to me, it correlates with what Jesus said, you know, he who is forgiven much loves much. And I, I think that's, that's the element of, man, this guy was so transformed. He was so self-righteous. He was, he was so driven. It kind of reminds me of Luther a little bit, you know, just seeking to establish his own righteousness and Christ breaks through, yeah. humbles him, shows him he's nothing. And now he's just driven. You're right, Mark. Why would Paul of all people go to the Gentiles? <laughs> you know, why not, why not someone else who is of Gentile background, you know, but but that's how God works. Sometimes. And I love, I, I love, I mean, I think Paul's life is a great example about cultural renewal. Mm. Uh, one of the reasons why Paul went to the Gentiles is because he was a Roman citizen. He was a Gentile citizen. He wasn't a Gentile, but he was a citizen of a Gentile nation. No. Uh, and so what does Paul do? He doesn't become a Christian and reject his Roman name. No, he becomes a Christian and uses his Roman name whenever speaking to Gentiles. Wow. He continued to use the name Paul rather than stick with Saul. Side note, Paul did not change his name. Correct your pastor next time he does that. Tell him to read his Bible. Next thing. <laughs> Please don't tell your pastor that. I'm joking. Don't do that. Respect your pastor. <laughs> yeah. But also, yeah, he didn't change his name. <laughs> That's all I'm saying about that. Um he uses his Roman name when speaking to the Gentiles. If he had high walls and self-righteousness and he rejected culture, he would have been like, I'm no longer using Paul again. My name is Saul. That is my, my Jewish name. That's all that I'm ever going to go by. He used his Roman name. He, he talks about eating uh, in, in ways that the Jewish tradition, religious traditionalists did not eat. And then he quotes poets. I think that that is one of the most profound ways that he reaches the lost is that he, and I mean, think about this, the nuance of the reality of Paul quoting a poet. Some pagan poet writes a poem about the stars. Paul reads it, quotes it. God in his sovereignty canonizes it. And now this, this pagan poet who did not seek to glorify God, now his words are God's words giving God all the glory. What does that tell us? That tells us that God's common grace is out there in the world, not just amongst the Christians, but against the non-believers as well. And Paul exemplifies seeing it and redeeming it. Oh, that's good. 
Mark, you were going to say something before Oscar rudely interrupted you and said what he said. I don't, I don't remember. I was, uh, <laughs> I was protecting him. I was enraptured with what he was saying and I forgot what I said. No, that's good. Okay. Um, you I know, would like to say something. Please. There, not that I'm anybody. Um, I, I just love what you said. He said about Paul condescending to the irksome and lowly task of evangelism. It's you think, wow, this is the Apostle Paul, and yet he had this continual concern for the lost. And I feel exactly the same about Charles Spurgeon. Mm. If anyone should be admired for his theology and his eloquence, it's Charles Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers. And yet he continually came back to the lost. Don't Amen. forget the lost. And that thrills my heart. Ray, I, I'm so glad you said that. It's a perfect segue because what I wanted to do was I wanted to read this this little devotional from Spurgeon. This is from Morning and Evening. I've cited it before, but but it's not long and I think it's worth reading in light of what we're talking Sorry, about. Sorry, real quick, who's Spurgeon? <laughs> Spurgeon. Uh, this is from September 7th, for those of you that wanna look it up. And it's uh, Mark 2.4 that he's uh, commenting on. He says, and when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. So this is a paralytic man, his friends lowering him down through the roof to Jesus. Faith is full of inventions. The house was full, a crowd blocked up the door, but faith found a way of getting at the Lord and placing the palsied man before him. If we cannot get sinners where Jesus is by ordinary methods, we must use extraordinary ones. It seems according to Luke 15, 19, that a tiling uh, had to be removed, which would make dust. Oh man, sorry. My, uh, when my phone rings, <laughs> this thing goes here. Um, Disgusting. Which would have made dust and cause a measure of danger to those below. But Jesus was there to heal. Uh, oh wait, but where the case is very urgent, we must not mind running some risks and shocking some proprieties. Jesus was there to heal and therefore fall what might, faith ventured all so that her poor paralyzed charge might have his sins forgiven. Oh, that we had more daring faith among us. Cannot we dear reader seek it this morning for ourselves and for our fellow workers? And will we not try today to perform some gallant act for the love of souls and the glory of the Lord? The world is constantly inventing. Genius serves all the purposes of human desire. Cannot faith invent too and reach by some new means the outcasts who lie perishing around us? It was the presence of Jesus which excited victorious courage in the forebearers of the palsied man. Is not the Lord among us now? Have we seen his face for ourselves this morning? Have we felt his healing power in our own souls? If so, then through door, through window, or through roof, let us, breaking through all impediments, labor to bring poor souls to Jesus. Mm -hmm. All means are good and decorous when faith and love are truly set on winning souls. If hunger for bread can break through stone walls, surely hunger for souls is not to be hindered in its efforts. Oh Lord, make us quick to suggest methods of reaching the poor sin, sick ones, and bold to carry them out all at all hazards. Wow. That's good. Isn't that good? Yeah, wonderful. And and friends, this exactly is exactly what, what I was saying, easy. Yeah. yeah. Straight back to seek and save that which is lost. Right. Mm. And friends, that is what we're telling you today. Whether it's Halloween, whether it's Christmas, again. Well, Labor Day. <laughs> Labor Day. <laughs> National Donut Day. <laughs> yeah, National Donut. I mean, you know, you get in a, you know, the whole Christmas thing and the controversy over that has pagan roots and this and that. Crazy. You know, okay, whatever. But first of all, can't we celebrate that Christ was born and why not if the community of God's people want to do that? But beyond that, use it as an opportunity. As I shared before in neighborhoods I've lived in on Christmas, at Christmas time, I'd go around door to door with my family with a letter with the gospel in it, a, a gift, a gospel of John. 
and we would use it as an outreach to our neighborhood. Easy, so, how do you feel about National Onion Day? Gross. <laughs> <laughs> what about National Cotton and Heat Day? <laughs> no, Oscar, that's forbidden. So there you have it, friends. We hope that encouraged you. <laughs> it's, it's evolving, it's evolving. Devolving. We, <laughs> we hope that encourages you. Don't forget the Halloween outreach box. Again, we are strategically releasing this before Halloween so that you'll get this and uh, be a doer of what you heard today. Uh, reach the loss that are coming to your door. Again, it's on livingwaters.com, that box. Yeah, it's on livingwaters.com. So don't, don't forget call it a pack. To check, check it out. Yeah, it's a box. Box. Ray, the inventor of Formerly a pack. Yeah. So friends, keep it going. As we shared with you, uh, we are continuing to climb. You have helped to make this one of the top podcasts in the world. Thank you so much. Thousands of reviews, millions of downloads, still at five stars and people are being reached with truth. So keep sharing it. Remember podcastlivingwaters.com. That's where I read that comment from today. So uh, send comments there and remember to give us a rating and subscribe. Speaking Thank of- you. Huh? I was gonna say, speaking of five stars, I'm doing everything I can to lower that and just <laughs> stays up there. Yes, you are the contributor if it ever does lower. Thank you for joining us, friends. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters Podcast. The ultimate cure for insomnia. <laughs> I did not Stupid. see that one coming. <laughs> why would pigs come in at the end? <laughs>